Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Today's episode is titled, Suffering is Beautiful. To begin today's episode, I want to share with you a story about the great St. Francis of Assisi, which I think perfectly illustrates the beauty of suffering. One day in winter, as St. Francis was going with Brother Leo from Perugia to St. Mary of the Angels and was suffering greatly from the cold, he called to Brother Leo, who was walking on before him, and said to him, Brother Leo, if I were to please God that the friar miners should give in all lands a great example of holiness and edification, write down and note carefully but this would not be perfect joy. A little further on, St. Francis called to him a second time. Oh, brother Leo, if the friar miners were to make the lame walk, if they should make straight the crooked, chase away demons, give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the dumb, and what is even a far greater work, if they should raise the dead after four days, Write that this would not be perfect joy. Shortly after, he cried out again, O brother Leo, if the friar miners knew all languages, if they were versed in science, if they could explain all scripture, if they had the gift of prophecy and could reveal not only all future things, but likewise the secret secrets of all consciences and all souls, write that this would not be perfect joy. After proceeding a few steps further, he cried out again with a loud voice, O brother Leo, you little lamb of God, if the friar miners could speak with the tongues of angels, if they could explain the course of the stars, if they knew the virtues of all plants, if all the treasures of the earth were revealed to them, if they were acquainted with the various qualities of all birds, all all fish, all animals, of men, of trees, of stones, of roots, and of waters, write that this would not be perfect joy. Shortly after, he cried out once more, O brother Leo, if the friar miners had the gift of preaching so as to convert all infidels to the faith of Christ, write that this would not be perfect joy. Now, when this manner of discourse had lasted for the space of two miles, brother Leo, naturally just like you and I, wondered much within himself, and he questioned the saint. He said, Father, I pray that you teach me wherein is perfect joy. St. Francis answered, If, when we shall arrive at St. Mary of the Angels, all drenched with rain and trembling with cold, all covered with mud and exhausted from hunger, if when we knock at the convent's door, after they had seen us, and if we were to tell them that we wanted in, the porter should come angrily and ask us who we are, and we were to say we are two of the brethren, he should angrily say, what ye say is not the truth. You are but two imposters going about to deceive the world and take away the alms of the poor. Be gone, I say, if he refuses to open to us and leaves us outside exposed to the snow and the rain 
suffering from cold and hunger till nightfall. Then, if we accept such injustice, such cruelty, and such contempt with patience, without being ruffled and without murmuring, believing with humility and charity that the porter really knows us and that it is God who makes him speak this against us. Write down, O brother Leo, this is perfect joy. And if we knock again and the porter comes out angry to drive us away and says, be gone, you miserable robbers. And if we accept this with patience, with joy and with charity, write this again, that this is indeed perfect joy. And if urged by cold and hunger, we knock again for the third time, calling to the porter and entreating him with tears to open and give us shelter for the love of God. And if he comes out once more angry that these are but rascals, I will deal with them as they deserve. And taking a stick, he seizes us by the hood, throwing us on the ground, rolling us in the snow, and beating us and wounding us. If we bear all these injuries with patience and joy, thinking of the sufferings of the blessed Lord, which we would share out of love for him, write, O brother Leo, that here, finally, is perfect joy. And now, brother, listen to the conclusion. Above all the graces and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which Christ grants to his friends, in the grace of overcoming oneself and accepting willingly out of love for Christ, all suffering, injury, discomfort, and content. For in all other gifts of God, we cannot glory, seeing they proceed not from ourselves, but from God. According to the words of the apostle, what have you that you have not received from God? And if you have received it, why do you glory as if you have not received it? But in the cross of tribulation and affliction, we may glory because as the apostles say again, I will not glory except for in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And done. I know that was the longest intro ever, brothers and sisters, but we are here to talk about suffering. And I had to share with you this great story that I, at one point, butchered a little bit by St. Francis of Assisi, a beautiful, beautiful story. But this is not where we'll stop, brothers and sisters. No, I have with me today, Molly McManus. Molly, thank you so much for being on today to talk about suffering and how suffering is beautiful. Thanks for having me, Brendan. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Molly did not know I was going to read a nine minute story, (laughs) but here we are. So to introduce Molly, Molly is currently living in Steubenville, Ohio, and works as the campus minister and theology of the body teacher at my alma mater, Steubenville Catholic Central High School. Go Crusaders. (laughs) Along with this, she's also pursuing a music career and will be releasing her first single later this year. So be on the lookout for that. Gotta Be Saints will be promoting that. She's a proud alumna. Alumna? Alumnus? Alumna? You say alumna for girls. <laughs> oh, all right. I never knew that. You learn new things. Proud alumna of Franciscan University. And she also hosts her own podcast. Not trying to compete with this one, of course, not because all, it's not right? a competition. With which is the Know His Love Project. 
And if she's not singing or hanging out with high schoolers, you can probably catch her laughing at her own jokes or tripping over thin air. Thank you, Molly, for being here. Thank you, Brenda. Super happy to be joining you. This is awesome. So she's got experience in the podcast realm, probably can teach me a thing or two. And she also is a great listener, clearly, because she found a way to listen to my eight-minute story without interrupting me or laughing at me. So <laughs> let's get to the topic at hand. We're talking about suffering and its beauty, and Francis gave us a great intro into that. Um, I think the first question I want to ask you, Molly, is can you share your story? And why are we talking about suffering tonight? Yeah. Um, yeah, I always love, this is like one of my favorite things to talk about um, because it's a really big part of my story. Um, I wouldn't say like, because that's all my life has been. Certainly I've had a very happy life with a lot of blessings, but there's definitely been a lot of, of struggle in it. But the reason why it's so important to me is because like without, my times of suffering in life, I wouldn't be in love with the Lord. Um, I was raised in a very Catholic home and things like that. Um, but when I think about like when my relationship with the Lord became like personal to me and something that I really could claim as my own and could see like, um, yeah, just when it became personal was when I started going through really difficult times in my life, particularly, um, I think like a big part of my story, um, started when I went into high school. I was raised in Maryland um, and I went to a public school um, my freshman year of high school. And it was really, really challenging for me. I dealt with a lot of bullying my freshman year. I was just like, just this little girl who like couldn't find any friends. And um, this led to me like developing pretty serious depression. And I would yeah, I would just never want to be at school. And when I'd come home, I'd lock myself in my room and just like be sad all the time. And um, I, you know, right when I started to, to, to say, oh, I think I should like offer this to the Lord and like invite him into this. And I started to like intentionally pray about it. Um, I, you know, this part is kind of a long story, but I um, overnight basically woke up one morning and I couldn't walk anymore. Um, and it was like, it, this, this, this rare disorder I have that, um, or I had that basically where you lose your muscle memory in a certain part of your body. And, um, it was just like totally out of nowhere, um, seemingly unprompted and it took a while to diagnose. And, um, I spent the large portion, a large portion of that year from, um, from my freshman year into my sophomore year of high school, relearning how to walk, um, because it was kind of like, it wasn't that I was paralyzed, but it was like I lost the muscle memory. So I had to like go through physical therapy to like, yeah, relearn how to walk. Um, and, you know, dealing with that on top of already struggling a lot with, with depression. And I, I've always been a pretty anxious person too. Um, I, I really felt like I hit like rock bottom. And, and at a very young age, you know, I was... When, I'm, when I was 14, I didn't think 14 was young, but 14 is just so young, and uh, I, like, yeah, it's just so young to go through something like that. I mean, um, not that it would be, like, the easiest thing in the world when you're an adult, but, yeah, that was just really difficult to be that, to be that young and go through that, and 
um, you know, eventually I made a full recovery. Um, by the I have seen that. her walk. He has indeed. <laughs> I've seen it. It's I have fully awesome. functioning legs, <laughs> which is a gift. <laughs> um, because not everyone fully recovers. <laughs> Thanks for the cheers, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, if you, you guys can't see it, but as, as there usually is, there's something in my hand. I'm drinking something, and I just cheers to her with my peach wine. So <laughs> it was a congrats to you. Um, so I made a full recovery, but, um, that was like in and of itself, a pretty traumatic experience that was really hard for me to heal from. And I kind of buried away the emotional trauma from that for a long time and still had to go back to school and ended up transferring schools. And that was really the, be the beginning of like, oh, my life that has been marked at different phases, um, with suffering, but that is really the first time that I would say, like, in a very, very, like, real way. Like, you know, I had a moment in adoration when I was in middle school where I, like, really definitely encountered the Lord in a real way. But um, I don't know. There's just something different about encountering him in, in difficulty. And there's something about feeling like you've lost everything that makes you realize that God is really all that you actually need. Um, and that's how I felt. Cause before that I was like super into sports. I played basketball. I ran, I played lacrosse. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, um, theater. So I like danced a lot. I was just so active. Um, and I really put a lot of like my sense of worth in like my success in, in these things that I would do with my legs. And I never thought in a million years that I would like never have that. And so along with my ability to walk, I kind of lost like my sense of self. Mm. So it's like, yeah, but, but like I said, there's something about feeling like you've lost everything that if you, if you open yourself up to God can make you realize, wow, like I've lost all the things that I thought I've needed and that have brought me satisfaction in life. And here I am. Okay. And even peaceful and even joyful. Um, it was like a very, my time in the hospital was an oddly joyful time for me. Um, but literally because, because I had Jesus and, um, that was something that couldn't be taken away from me. And so that was just the beginning of me kind of seeing value in suffering and the beginning of my journey to see God in in years to come through difficulties in life. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, and, and, and I guess to that, you know, we're talking about suffering in this context that it is beautiful what do you mean by that you were the one who as we were chatting you were kind of like i want to talk about suffering and you know i came with people at home you know there is some prep work that i put into this believe it or not <laughs> and you know one of the things that i said to molly i said okay well came up with some you know some title and i think it was something in regards to redemptive suffering you know that's how usually as catholics we try to peg it or we we kind of say look there's there's things that if you do, if you offer up your sufferings, it can help people. Yes, that's true. And I'm not trying to mock that, but I sent that to Molly and she was like, no, I'm kind of thinking, you know, more like suffering is beautiful. So can you talk about that? Explain that. I know you've now shared a little bit about your suffering, but how do you come to see it in that light? Yeah. Um, it's definitely kind of a radical way to think about things with like, living in a world that's very much like do what makes you feel good right 
that's that's the encouragement we see all around us in the world today um but like i like i kind of touched on before i know jesus in a personal way and like because of my suffering like i think that you know i was raised catholic and i think i probably would have always stayed catholic and cared about my faith to an extent i probably would have kept going to mass maybe not completely lost my faith or anything if i had gone through these like trials in my life but i i can honestly say i don't think i would be in love with the lord if it weren't for my suffering like i i don't think that he would be truly like everything to me and i don't think i'd be living my life in a way that was me striving to reflect that like because and so that's why i see it as beautiful is because it's how i know my one need in life like in a very very personal and real way and like anytime i go through something difficult or anytime any of us go through suffering like it reminds us of our our need for jesus and i i like imagine if I, again, if I had a life that wasn't, you know, kind of marked with the suffering that it has been, I, pro- I probably would not have been as aware of my need for him. And like anything that, that leads me to him and that makes me more like him um, is beautiful and the most amazing reality of my life because by being aware of my need for him, I'm motivated to know him. And like my relationship with God in a very personal way, like me, Molly, and Jesus, like that personal relationship is everything to me. It's the guiding point of every of everything in my life. And so if, if my suffering is what has oftentimes been what leads me to know him more, and then that's why I see it as beautiful, because it's, lead, it's leading me to, yeah, like the, the, the greatest reality of my life, which is God. And that, like, he wants to know me and have a relationship with me and that that's actually accessible to me and not something that, like, we as Christians say just to make ourselves feel better. Like, it's a real thing. Yeah. Well, and I think you kind of hit on it it, with suffering and with our own lives. You know, when things are going well, it's almost, it's not true, but it sometimes feels like we can do it on our own. Yeah. And in those moments of brokenness, that's when we're forced to look at the realities of our lives and be honest with ourselves and admit, nope, that's actually not true. He is the only thing that can get me through the good and the bad. Yes. You know, we've all heard the sand or uh, the uh, footprints in the sand story. And if you're not aware of what that is, you know, it's the story of, oh, I only saw one pair of footprints when things were going really bad. And it's like, oh, Jesus was carrying you. Those were his feet. Um, but it's it's true. You know, he's with us in that. And without him, we can do nothing. You know, and as, as Francis said, I will, you know, as he quotes the apostles, I will not glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I guess my, my next question um, is, as Catholics, you know, and for most of the people who are listening to this, I'm going to assume that they're Catholic or at least Christian. What does the church tell us about suffering? Yeah. Um, the awesome thing, one thing that I love about 
being Catholic is like um, the church doesn't like um, kind of brush over suffering, but rather embraces it as important. Um, And I think that that that, that's really necessary and beautiful. Um, Like, I think, so I'm going to talk about this tattoo I have a little bit. I don't know if you, yeah, you definitely, did we talk about it when I was visiting you, Brendan? Uh, you mentioned it, but I don't think I got into a great discussion about it. Probably out of jealousy that I don't have my own tattoo. <laughs> Brendan, I'll go with you to get your first tattoo. Deal? <laughs> Question mark. Promise? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so Find out on the next podcast. Did Brendan get a tattoo? Yeah, that, stay tuned. <laughs> um, my my tattoo says Felix Culpa, which means happy fault. Um, and like even like outside of Christianity, like that means it's like an, a series of unfortunate events leading to a happy outcome. And that, I really think that's like the heart of what the church says about suffering is like, um, and this kind of ties into what you were saying at the beginning, like God's, um, like it's it's it can be redemptive if we unite it with Jesus. Like there's a loving God that is orchestrating all things and lending us his mercy. Um, and if we allow him to like, or if we invite him into our lives, he works all things together for, for our good, um, including suffering. And like that, that's what the, that's what the church teaches, right? Like the, we, you know, suffering is not something that God wanted, um, but it's here because of the fall, and it's it's a real thing that we have now. Um, but because it's here, God God didn't just leave us in our suffering. Um, he He gives us, in a quote unquote, a way out, or ra- rather, even better than a way out, a way to make it beautiful um, through Christ's redemption. He invites us to share in that and. So really what the, what the church teaches is that God can turn even the worst things that can happen to us or the worst things that we can do into the most beautiful things about our lives and can make things better than they would have been through suffering than they would have been if that suffering had never happened. And that's just like the, the mercy of Jesus. Um, there's like this poem that I really like. I wrote it down because I wanted to read a little bit. It's very short. That in part of it, it says, "An evil for longer." So please read, read okay. a longer poem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it says, "An evil turned to good, more wonderful than that, but than that which by creation first brought forth light out of darkness." Like, yeah, and and so I guess the the biggest thing is the church says. Um, Can you repeat that? Yeah. It says, an evil turned to good, more wonderful than that which by creation first brought forth light out of darkness. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, what the church says is like suffering is not the end of the story. Um, God didn't leave, didn't leave us alone in our suffering and it won't disappear, but we're not alone in it um, because of the redemption that Christ offered us. Yep, we've not been left orphan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Something we have to remember. Yeah. Yeah, I like that poem. I mean, you've heard it and I've heard it. 
to the extent when it talks about suffering and, you know, the fact that Adam and Eve sinned, you know, now we have free will, uh, but it also gives us an opportunity to love. Yes. In a way that we didn't have before, because now it's freely given and freely received, um, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think my next question, we talked about what the, church tells us about suffering. Um, is there anything that you've learned from the saints, which of course, you know, is encompassed with the church, but um, sometimes the saints have beautiful ways of talking about these things. And, and that includes suffering. And, you know, as I've already shared a seven minute story from one of my favorite saints about suffering, I'm going to change the times because I don't know how long it actually was, but are there any, is there anything that, seven minutes. Huh? I don't think it was seven minutes. (laughs) All right. It felt pretty long as I'm reading it. I'm like, man, I didn't know that I was going to just talk for this long, but here we are. (laughs) Um, But anyway, anything that you think the saints have taught, taught you about suffering that, you know, is, would be beneficial for, for me and the other people who listen to this. Oh yeah. I got some great saint homies I want to talk about. (laughs) Go for Uh, it. So probably one of my favorite, you know, soon to be hopefully saints of all time is Blessed Chiara Luce. She's my girl. Um, and her whole story, just to keep it brief, for those of you who don't know, essentially she at 17 was diagnosed with bone cancer, which is like a very painful form of cancer. Um, and like when you read about her story, one of the things that you'll read a lot is when she was in the hospital, she refused um to be on like heavy pain medication because she wanted to be able to be alert so that she could minister to her friends that would visit her and like something that she would always encourage her friends when they came to visit her was to continue to trust in god when like she was the one suffering um and obviously that was such a witness to the people coming to see her to comfort her and they leave comforted right and um she also has said a lot of quotes um that say that basically just get around the idea. I'm I'm looking at my wall because I have one of them on my wall. It says, "I have no, I have nothing left, but I still have my heart, and with that, I can always love." And so it should, what she's taught me about suffering, and what I think, and I think this is not you know just isolated to her. A lot of saints teach us in that in our suffering, we can't we can still love. Um, right. Like we still have the opportunity in our suffering to love and to be an even greater witness to love when we're struggling, because that's just really powerful to see someone going through a difficult time, still choosing to like share love with others and to be a witness to others. And then also, um, to trust in God's will. And like, as simple as that is, like, it's, it's beautiful. And like St. John Vianna also says um, that there's two ways to suffer with love or without love. So I think universally saints will just talk about suffering with love. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's definitely what I've learned from when I read stories from the saints of like their struggles is just like the witness that they have been to so many others, even when they're going through a difficult time or like, and oftentimes like really serious suffering. Um, and that that's like the a way that we can live our lives too. Like, like we can choose to still witness to others, even in the midst of our suffering. And, that, and that's what 
I think the example of the saints has taught me the most. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the saints looking at their lives. And the beautiful thing is what you'll come to realize with each and every one of them is they all suffered just like you and I, but how they handled that suffering certainly looked a little different. Um, And, you know, you really can't go wrong with any of their quotes, but there's a, uh, a quote by Therese of Lisieux, and she says, for me, prayer is an aspiration of the heart. It's a simple glance directed toward heaven. It's a cry of gratitude and love in the midst of trial as well as joy. Finally, it's something great, supernatural, which expands my soul and unites me to Jesus. You know, prayer connects to this suffering. It's a cry of gratitude and love in the midst of trial. You know, we really, our perspective with suffering is is a key element to how we handle it. Yeah. Um, and if it, if it has that redeeming quality. So now I want to stop us there for part one. Um, if you've listened to this, I hope that you enjoyed uh, the different questions that I've asked hearing about Molly's story, um, hearing why we believe suffering is beautiful, hearing a little bit about what the church teaches and what the saints teach us. Um, but this is it for part one. Join us again next week for part two and we'll pick up right where we left off so thank you again molly for for joining that was wonderful thank you. and and we'll be back for part two next week thank you guys